Hey there, true believers, and welcome to Simply Devotion, the podcast that takes complex theological ideas and breaks them down into points of simply understanding. I am your host, Pastor Vinny. And I'm the podcaster that likes to remind you, when life throws a monkey wrench at your head, Jesus is still the logo, the logic, the reason, the word that builds your faith all the way back to the kingdom of God. Hey there, true believer. Welcome back to Simply Devotion, the podcast where we like to think deeply about theological matters so that we may understand our devotion to Jesus Christ. Before we jump into things, I just want to encourage you to please share this podcast with a friend or to write a review on whichever is your favorite podcast platform that you listen to me on, both my ministry through Simply Devotion and my whole website, simplyvinny.com, comes to you free of any charge or advertisements. I don't even ask for donations as of yet, anyways. So enjoy it. It's there to help you spiritually grow as I desire to pastor and minister and help spiritually grow people I have never met before because one day we will all be in the kingdom together. Speaking about eternity, if you could live forever, would you live forever? I mean, like, that's the age-old question. I mean, like, all these, like, anti-aging theories that are out there, these um, body hacks people do, these particular diets or creams they put on their face to take away their wrinkles. And, you know, there's always been those legends of fountains of youth and also, like, you know, this Lazarus pit where you could go in after you die and be rejuvenated. These are the things of myths, of course. We Christians don't believe such things, do we? But here's the thing. Would you want to live forever? I mean, like, I could make use of an extra hundred years, I bet. But what would I do with more than that? And here's the real um, sticking point for me. If we say we're going to have some magical cure of all disease, genetically eradicate um, disease from the DNA of humans, um, what would that quality of life be like? You know, because like, I'm currently aging. I don't know. I'm 50 now. I could be 51 by the time you hear this podcast. You know, doesn't quality of life play into how long I want to live? And I bring this up as a segue to my absolute favorite Bible verse. For those of you who don't know, the Gospel of John is beyond any doubt my favorite account of the Gospels. And the reason for that is because 
The Gospel of John is just full of really good practical, pragmatic theology, but also it's crouched in stories, intimate stories about Jesus and the people he meets in his ministry. You know, recently we did a podcast episode on um, Nicodemus and being born again and Numa, the spirit, Numa. And so, you know, you might be catching on that I do love the book of John, the Gospel of John. In chapter 10 and verse 10, you find my favorite verse in John and probably in the whole Bible, although that tends to fluctuate. I mean, favorite Bible verses come and go based on life circumstances and what they mean to you at the time. But John 10.10 says, The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. But I came, I being Jesus, that they may have life and have life more abundantly. Let me say that again. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy, but I have come that they may have life and that they may have life more abundantly. In other words, Jesus doesn't want to just give us an aging cream or a body hack, a biohack that these like, you know, biohackers come up with. Jesus isn't looking to resequence our DNA necessarily. Jesus isn't looking for some magic fountain of youth for you. Jesus isn't looking for some secret Lazarus pit to submerge your body in and to bring it back to life when you pass. Jesus isn't looking for you to find a way to cryogenically freeze your brain and restore it when we have android bodies. No, Jesus isn't looking for any of those things, Jesus is looking to increase the quality, not just the quantity of days that you have to live. So Jesus isn't wanting to just give you life. <laughs> we have life. I mean, if, if you're able to hear this, you have life. What is the quality of that life might be a better question. Like, do I want more of this? You know, I don't want more of this. I mean, like, okay, I can use an extra hundred years of this, do some creative stuff, write some books, you know, whatever, but then I'm going to get bored, right? Like, I don't want more of just this. I don't, I don't want more of, like, heartache. I don't want more of back pain because I sleep the wrong way in bed. I, I don't want more of, you know, watching the world disintegrate into chaos as it tends to do these days. I don't want more of economic and political strife, and I don't want more of uh, the pandemic, all right? Like, so, so those are all things that happen in life. But Jesus isn't coming to just give us more of that life. When Jesus talks about giving us more life, Jesus is talking about giving us more, more, more of the good stuff, more of the good stuff of life. Now, the word here that Jesus is using for life is zoe. 
Zoe, often pronounced sometimes in English as Zoe. And, you know, it's become a popular name in recent years for girls. Um, and I think there's been some teenage TV shows with the name Zoe, maybe. Something like that. I hear it around. It's popular. It's become a popular name in these days. But uh, Zoe. Zoe. And Zoe is like life but it's uh it's a state of vitality of life it's uh the emanation of the living soul it's the fullness of life it is um, to have a vigorous devoted life it's 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 a powerful life so so jesus hasn't come to just make sure our heart beats jesus has come to give us zoe he's come to give us vitality zoe zoe vitality an emanated living soul life there's a dynamic feature to this idea to be alive to to not be clay in the dirt like adam but but to be emanated clay that be, has become this living soul this living being and he goes on to talk about not just being this emanated living being but to be this emanated living being that is having uh, an abundant existence as an emanated living being and the word there for abundant is perisas perisas and that means to um, rank exceedingly great or to be above and beyond to be supreme to be surpassing um average to to be remarkable to be most excellent and so jesus is saying here that he has not just come to give you zoe he has come to give you zoe perisas he's come to give you life more great life more supreme life more uncommon life more incredible life more beyond your imagination like so jesus wants to give you something tangible that changes you forever but the thief wants to kill destroy and steal and this is a contrast that jesus is setting up in john 10 between jesus the good shepherd who wants to give you life more abundant, life more full, life more meaningful. And the thief who has come to kill, destroy, and steal. Now, if we think about it, there are a lot of things in our life, a lot of powers in our life, and maybe even a lot of toxic people in our life and the question i would have today is do those powers in your life do those things that you know maybe you fill your time with or you make your focus are they stealing from you are they killing you are they toxic or are they breathing more into your life? Like, 
it's okay to want more. That's something I am constantly telling people I disciple. And this whole chapter, John 10, is about more. It's about that Jesus wants more. And Jesus wants more for you. Jesus wants more for the church. And in a minute, I'll blow up this text a little bit more and look at some context. And you will see that Jesus is talking about being the good shepherd who provides more for people. But God wanting more for you. Jesus wanting to give you more zoe. Jesus wanting to give you an abundant zoe, an abundant life, is not enough if you are satisfied with what you have. Please, hear what I'm saying to you. Don't be satisfied. Don't let yourself settle. Don't settle into satisfaction. Be content in all things. Yes, this is true. The Apostle Paul tells us this. But be content in all things and still strive for Zoe. Still strive for Zoe. Still strive for better. Still strive for unity. Still strive to be included into the sheep of the Good Shepherd because what is coming for us? What the Good Shepherd wants to provide for us, what the Good Shepherd wants to give us is more greater, more abundant, more life, more freeing, more living, more liberating than anything any of us have ever began to contemplate. Jesus did not come to give us a life of boredom. Jesus did not come to give us a life of feeling disconnected. Jesus did not come to give us a life of this sort of being empty and just existing in a shell of who you are intended to be. The incarnation, that is Jesus coming in human flesh, the incarnation of Jesus Christ was to show us that there was more to this existence than what we currently do with it. Jesus wants you to know that when you are interconnected with his pneuma, which we learned in our previous podcast, right? Numa, his spirit. He can give you more. He can make you more. He can build you into a community, a sheepfold, uh, a movement that has more meaning for your life than your work, more meaning for your life than materialism, more meaning to your life than just simply being entertained, more meaning for your life than simply getting up tired and going to bed more tired. Jesus wants to take what you're already doing and make it Holy Spirit empowered. He wants to maximize the unfolding of your full identity, which is not found in your bank account. It's not found on your passport. It is not found even in mere broken 
human relationships. But it is found in the identity that he is giving because you know his voice and you know, you know as you hear this podcast, Jesus is calling you and Jesus has been calling you. And maybe today you are hearing him call you more. Maybe today you feel tired, but there's something inside of you that says, Jesus has a greater purpose than what I'm living today. Jesus has a greater purpose than where I am at this moment. And maybe it makes you want to pray to him. Maybe it makes you want to turn on some worship music. Maybe it wants it makes you want to open your Bible. But please understand, Jesus has a place for you in the sheepfold that he's making that has more not less life. The duality of the thief and the good shepherd is throughout the chapter. I want to back up a little bit and give us context to John 10.10. In John 10.1, truly, truly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs in another way, that man is a thief and robber. So in verse one, Jesus is telling us who this thief and robber is that wants to steal, kill, and destroy us. He's the one that climbs in another way. He's the one that's trying to sneak into the sheepfold. He's the one who has ulterior motives. But he who enters the door, Jesus says, is the shepherd of the sheep. So we have two characters from the very beginning of chapter 10. One is the one climbing over and he's the thief and the robber. And the other is the one using the door and he is the shepherd. To him, the gatekeeper opens, that is to the shepherd. The sheep hear his voice. And he calls his sheep by name and leads them out. Who's the gatekeeper? Probably the father. So there are two people competing for the sheep. One uses the correct method. The gatekeeper opens the door. The gatekeeper prepares the way for him. And they know his voice. And he knows their name. Don't miss that in verse 3. He calls his own sheep. He owns the sheep. He is the shepherd. And he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out his own, he goes before them. So he is leading them. And the sheep follow him for they know his voice. So the shepherd knows his sheep. The shepherd is not jumping the fence. The shepherd has access to the sheep because the gatekeeper opens that access. And to prove that the shepherd is a legitimate caretaker of the sheep, he knows them by name. But it's even more than that. Not only does he know them by name, but they know 
his voice. A stranger they will not follow, but they will flee from him. For they do not know the voice of strangers. Here's that duality again. There is the shepherd and there's the thief. There's the one who goes through the gate and there's the one who jumps over the gate. There's the one who knows their name and the one who doesn't know their name. There's the one who they know his voice and the one who they do not know his voice and they run from the robber's voice. This figure of speech, it goes on to say in verse 6, is used with them, but they did not understand what he was saying to them. So Jesus is telling his disciples about this duality of powers, that there is a robber, a thief, one who kills, steals, and destroys. And then there's the good shepherd who gives life, gives zoe, gives life, and gives life more abundantly, better, more, greater, but they didn't understand what he meant. So Jesus said it to them again. Verse 7, Truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who came before me are thieves and robbers. But the sheep did not listen to them. I am the door. Uh, if anyone enters by me, he will be saved and go in and out and find pasture. So Jesus is the gate now. He is the door now. He's both the one who goes through the door, through the father, and he is the door because him and his father are one. And, you know, he's like, if you belong to me, you have access through the gate. You see, the robber doesn't belong to him. That's why he doesn't have access to the gate. And that's why the robber is jumping over the fence, right? But if you have access to the gate, if you have access to Jesus, if you belong to him, you can go out. You can have the security of the pen. You can be safe inside it, but you can go out the pasture where there's the food. You know, the grass, the, 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 the foliage. And you can come in and you can go out. And you come, come in and you can go out. So Jesus says to him, truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who come to me, all who came before me are thieves and robbers. But sheep did not listen to them because they didn't know the voice. I am the door. Anyone who enters by me will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. But I came that they may have life and have it more abundantly. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. He who is a hired hand or a hireling, in some translations, he's not a shepherd and he does not own the sheep. 
He sees a wolf coming and he leaves the sheep and he flees. And the wolf snatches them up and scatters them. He flees because he's just a hired hand. He cares nothing about the sheep. But, but, but in verse 14, John 10, 14, but, but, but Jesus says, I am the good shepherd and I know my own and my own know me. Just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father. I lay down my life for the sheep, and I have other sheep who are not of this fold. I must bring them also, and they will listen to my voice. So there will be one flock, one shepherd. For this is the reason that the Father loves me, because I lay down my life and I take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down. On my own accord, I have authority to lay it down. And I have authority to take it up again. This charge I received from my father. So Jesus says, you know, there are two groups. There's the robber and there's the good shepherd. And then there's the sheep who are in the good shepherd's pen. And then there's this other group. And they're not in the pen. Remember, he's the door. They can come in and out through him. But in the pen or out of the pen, Jesus says, they're mine. They're mine. I know them. I know their name. And I lay down my life for both. That's why my father loves me because he knows what I will do to save sheep who don't belong in the pen. You see, it's very striking to me that if you're in the church or not in the church, if you're in the church or outside the church, if you belong to Jesus or don't belong to Jesus, Jesus still claims you and Jesus still died for you. You know, sometimes in the church, we are like all about us and we're just like, God loves the church so much. God loves me so much, you know, and God is against those bad sinners outside of the church. And, you know, the place to be is is in the church and everybody that's outside the church, you know, well, there's something wrong with them. But I would like to point out to you that Jesus wants to give life. Jesus wants to give life and give life more abundantly to those inside the pen and outside the pen. 
Jesus calls everybody his. He says he knows them all. He says he owns them all. The only one he doesn't own, the only one he doesn't identify with is the thief, the robber, the hirelings, the fakers, the false teachers, the satanic powers in this world. Those do not belong to Jesus because they seek to take life away. What do the, does the thief do in verse 10? Steal, kill, destroy. The thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. It is the hireling. It is the robber. It is the one that goes over the gate, not in the gate, but inside the gate and outside the gate. All sheep belong. Jesus claims them as his own. Furthermore, he says, I laid down my life for all of them. Listen, I get it that there are evil people out there. I get it that there are thieves and robbers and hirelings out there. I get it. But might the Christian church just be a little bit more careful about who they call the thief, the robber, and the hireling? Least we call sheep who are not of the fold as if they didn't belong to Jesus, as if Jesus didn't die for them. I know. There are some versions of Christianity who think that Jesus didn't die for everyone. But Jesus says, however you want to slice it, I died for those in the pen and outside the pen. Yes, not all will accept it. But I will go outside the pen and I will call them. And they will hear my voice. And I will put together a flock like you have never seen before. Have you thought about this, my good friends? Have you thought about the fact that the church isn't done Yes, there's evangelism to do. Yes, there's discipleship to do. Yes, the whole purpose of this podcast is to keep reaching out and to keep finding the lost and to bring them back to the good shepherd. But understand, people who are of a different religion than you, people who maybe have not yet heard the shepherd's voice. When they do, they will come. Isn't the job of the good shepherd, you know, the one who laid his life down for everyone, not so much about labeling good and bad. Yeah, we will in a few podcasts down the road talk about the sheep and the goats. But in John 10, he's saying that he's not just dividing. Yes, there's a time to divide, but he is gathering. We, as Christians, should be careful 
for we would not want to call a little lamb that belonged to Jesus less than anything but his sheep. Oh, yes. That is exactly what happened. When the Jews heard Jesus saying this, when the Jews heard Jesus saying that he was the good shepherd, he was not the hireling, he was not the robber, he was not the thief, he was not the one who kills, destroys, and robs, but that he was the one who comes to give Zoe abundantly. When he said that he has sheep in other fold and that he will bring them together and there would be one flock, one shepherd, the Jews were furious because they loved separation. They didn't want stinky Gentiles in their pen. They didn't want lost sinners getting in through the door. They were happy to leave them to the hirelings. They were happy to leave them to the thieves. Verse 19 says, there was again a division among the Jews because of these words that Jesus said. Many of them said, This man, he has a demon, or he must be insane. Just listen to him. Others said, these are not the words of one who knows God. He must be oppressed by a demon. But then another said, can a demon open the eyes of the blind? They are conflicted because they have seen the power of Jesus, but they don't want other people in their pews. They don't want other people watching online. They don't want other people doing their ministries. They don't want other people claiming to have the favor of God. They want all the entitlement to themselves, but Listen, it is time for the church to open up. And I don't mean, you know, open up in terms of COVID being open or not. I mean, like, it's time for the church to open up. It's time for the church to realize that God died. Jesus died for those inside the walls of the church and those outside the walls of the church. And if anything we've learned over this last year as You know, COVID has raged through our nation. We have learned that there are other people out there and they have joined our Zoom meetings. They have joined our stream services. They have joined our ministry in non-traditional ways. But what is going to happen when all of this comes to an end? There are people and they have heard the shepherd's voice and we must keep going forward and we must keep ministering to them. It is time. It is time that we understand that people who are of a different denomination, it's time that we understand that people even who have no denomination are still people that Jesus died for. Truly, truly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold 
by the door but climbs over in another way. That man is a thief and he is a robber, but the one who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him, the gatekeeper opens. The sheep hear his voice and he calls his own sheep by name and he leads them out. Where out to get the other sheep? And when he has brought his own, he goes before them and the sheep follow him for they know his voice. A stranger's voice, they will not follow it. They will flee from it, for they do not know the voice of strangers. This is a figure of speech which Jesus used, but they did not understand what he was saying to them. So Jesus said it to them again. Truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who come before me, they were just thieves. They were just robbers. They were just killers. But the sheep did not listen to them. I am the door. If anyone, verse 9, listen to it. If anyone, listen to it, verse 9, John 10, 9. If anyone enters by me, not just you, if anyone claims Jesus, he will be saved and go in and out and find pasture, find food, find water, find shelter. You see, it's the thief who came to steal, kill, and destroy. But I came to give life, to give life, to give Zoe, to give life more abundantly, more complete, more full. Because I am not just a shepherd. I am the good shepherd. And the good shepherd is the good shepherd because he lays down his life for the sheep. He is not like the hired hand or the hireling. No, he is a shepherd. He who is a hired hand is not the shepherd. He sees the wolf coming and he leaves the sheep and he flees and the wolf snatches them and scatter them because he flees because he is just a hired hand and he cares nothing for the sheep. But, but me, Jesus says in verse 14, I care. In verse 14, he says, I am the good shepherd. I know my own and my own know me. Just as my father knows me, I know my father. And I lay down my life for my sheep. And I have other sheep not of this fold. I must bring them also. Sorry, Jews. It's not just for you. Sorry, Christians. It's not just about you. Jesus is not done reaching. I have sheep not of this fold. I must bring them also. They will listen to my voice. So that there will be one flock and one shepherd for this reason. My father loves me because I lay down my life and I take it up again. Not that anyone can take it from me, but that I lay it down of my own accord, of my own authority, I lay it down. I have the authority to take it and lay it. This charge was given to me from my father. The Jews could not accept that Jesus wanted to extend the kingdom past them. 
They became angry. They said that he has a demon. They picked up stones to kill him. Because he went on to say, I and my father are one. It was more than the Jews would accept. Look, church, things are not going to stay how they are. COVID, the pandemic, political unrest, America being as divided as it is now. We have what? We have Texas freezing over. We have all kinds of unpredictable things happening. Who knows what comes next? But one thing we do know is Jesus wants to make room in the pen for those who are not yet here. For he also died for them, even though they don't know it yet. We must understand that even though we don't know when Jesus is coming, Jesus is in the process of building a faithful people for that day. And his desire is to bring as many people into the flock as he can. Just as he and his father are one, he wants to bring those who are inside the pen and those who are outside the pen and make them one. Do you want a more abundant life? The way to truly live. The way to truly be abundant. The way to truly have a better life. It's no, it's not in wealth. No, it's not in entertainment. No, it's not even in finding the perfect worship song to sing this weekend. No. The way to a more full life, a way, as they would say in Hebrew, to completion, to be complete, is to help Jesus complete his flock. Church, if you are listening to me in America, if you are listening to me in India, if you are listening to me in Africa, if you are listening to me in Australia, if you are listening to me in Brazil, if you are listening to me in any part of the world, what Jesus would do for you, the way Jesus would give you more is if you would join him in his mission if you would follow him out of the pen, as he clearly says here in these first 19 verses of John 10, if you would hear his voice and if you would follow him out of the pen, understanding that he is the door and you can come in and go out as long as you keep him as the door. If you would follow him out of the pen and you 
would go chase the sheep of the other flock with him and let them know that the good shepherd laid down his life for them too? Then you would have life. You would really be living. You would have life like you have never had life before. The way to true freedom, the way to true happiness, the way to full joy. As the Apostle Paul says it, I pray that your joy may be complete. The way to have completion is to assist the good shepherd to put together the one flock that he is building before the hireling gets to them. The race is on. The hireling, the robber, the thief, the killer. He will jump the fence either direction, but we have the door. We can go in and out and we can go to the highways and we can go to the byways and we can seek out these lost sheep of Jesus and bring them back to safety of the good shepherd. So I say to you again, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. But Jesus came not that you may have life, not that you could have life more abundantly. I came, it says, that they may have life and that they may have life more abundant. You have been listening to a podcast by Pastor Vinnie McIsaac from simplyvinnie.com. Stop by our website, check out our blogs, like our Facebook page, follow us on Twitter, all that kind of jazzy promotional stuff. But most important, let's keep growing together in Jesus Christ all the more as we see the day of his return approaching. See you at the next podcast. God bless.